Hey there, and welcome to the Lucky Brain Podcast. I'm Marty Yang. In this series, we talk about the struggle and success of people's journeys going from ordinary to extraordinary. Let's get into it. Box of Beats. Dun, 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 dun. Box of Beats. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I, I really appreciate it. Of course, so, man. For people who don't know about you, you're a very talented musician, but like, what's the best way to describe what it is you do? Because when you think of a musician, you're like, oh, do you play the violin or is it cello? Does he play guitar? Does he play the piano? Does like, like, so, what it seems, what I got from you is that you a beatbox, but you also use your voice as an instrument to do something like a trumpet sound. Yeah, so every time everybody asks me what I do, I just simply say like I make music and I make music like I'm a like I'm the one man band. So um you know, I use a machine that allows me to record the sounds that I make from my mouth live on stage one sound at a time. And I'll build music, you know, percussion and bassline and melodies and harmonies and I'll, I'll structure all the song all of the parts of the song mm-hmm. one at a time yeah then once it's all finished and everything is built um then i sing on top of everything that i've just built yeah so all right cool that is that is incredible and i feel like i i think i was drawn to you because i know what it is to even start to think about that because i play the guitar as well and i could like just create like a simple beat or you know what whatever on a, on a table or something i also could play the keys and also flow as well so i'm like that is i love that too because cool. i feel like that's <laughs> real music to be able to not only have one part of a role in a band but to actually create that something like an ed sheeran Ed sheeran does a really good job right. with his guitar and he's with his with his vocals as well and then he also you know beats on his uh, on his guitar for some like percussion as well right. I'm like i love that i love i love that so much so i, I found your page and i was like i, I gotta have this guy on the podcast so mm-hmm. when did you first get like first get started knowing that you're like deeply deeply interested in music and this is what you wanted to do um i didn't i wasn't deeply interested in it until like after high school until i graduated but music for me started like beatboxing for example that started uh like middle of high school because i was I was usually I was for the most for the majority of my life I was really really overweight. Um, middle school all throughout high like most of high school, and I always got like bullied and teased a lot because of it. And so, one day I saw this video of this French beatboxer who was auditioning for like a talent show, and he was huge like morbidly he's he's huge and. Um, they were kind of like, it seemed like the judges were kind of giving him like looks before he even did sure. anything. Sure. And so he started beatboxing and then, uh, just kind of blew everybody's minds. Mm-hmm. And then 
they all just like fell in love with him and it kind of, they kind of i kind of realized like they don't care what he looks like they just like really like what he does or appreciates what he offers so i kind of adopted that concept because i was like in the same situation like i was always being judged and i was really heavy sure. and so i kind of started to learn how to beatbox like little by little just a lot of videos online a lot of uh, practicing in the in the shower every single night and I just eventually got like to a decent place with it and I beatboxed at one of my school rallies one time and in high school yeah in high school mm-hmm. and everybody like <clears throat> you know lost their shit nice you know? and so that kind of and then I started getting friends and then started going to parties and started being you know accepted amongst my peers and it like kind of felt like i was building some sort of an identity that i was like trying to build you know sure for a while and then graduated high school and uh once i realized college wasn't my thing and people wanted to offer me money to do what i do i was like it could be a business yeah so Cool. So that's kind of what got you started. Yeah. It was like, okay, you like wanted a skill in order to kind of fit in. Right. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then it's funny to see that the French guy kind of inspired you. And yeah. then kind of the same thing that happened to the French guy happened to you. Right. Exactly. Lost your shit. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly the same thing. It was, yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. So, that's how you first started getting into music now through through all this um so you you learn to start beatboxing what comes next after the beatboxing um is there there technical skills that you have to learn with certain um, like music editing software no it's like i mean beatboxing i'm in no way shape or form like there's some beatboxers out there that are just like, you know, they dedicate their entire life to it. And, you know, they have the recognition that they have and they get to travel and it's, it's, it's who they are. But I didn't want to necessarily be remembered or like be known as like a beatboxer. Sure. I'm going for like an artist. Yeah. So after i learned how to beatbox like it just just, it was just a matter of like getting better at it you know like being able to really really master like what i did know and i knew i never wanted to go so much farther as to like learning every aspect of it and mastering every aspect of it because there's like musicality for beatboxing and then there's technicality those are like the two genres that people do when they're like beatboxing what's the difference between them? musicality is more just like like it's it's more like simple vocal percussion but like being able to incorporate sounds and melodies so it's like more of like you're playing it sounds like like more more what would be compared to as a song rather than sure. just a beat sure and technicality is like trying to do the most sounds and the most like tweaks and stuff with your mouth to make like the most weirdest sounds or the most technical sounds okay. and like trying to do it as fast as you can you okay. know what i mean so there's not really like yeah kind of melodies to it there's just it's just a beat there's gotcha. just percussion gotcha and yeah so okay 
All right. So you learn to like almost like master your skill. That's, that's your next step is you're trying to just get better at beatboxing. Right. So when you're finally at this place where you're like actually good or you feel confident with your beatboxing skills, when does, when does uh, Box of Beats start to think up ideas of street performing? Or was that something you started doing right away from high school? You're like, I just love performing. Um, th- it was not too long after high school. But I knew that it was like, an, it was like a way to get people to see what I do in like a hometown that I lived in all my life. Um, and it was a way for people to like, you know, you know, if, if you're having like a birthday party or a wedding or something, or like you're, you host shows or whatever, whatever you can think of. And like you go to, you go see something and it's like, it's like live, like somebody beatboxing live, you get to see exactly what they do. And that's how I would book shows. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the time is like performing live for people and having them see what I do. And then they come up to me after they're like, do you do private events? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was, you know, on top of the other jobs that I had outside of high school, that was, you know, how I would make money. And then street performing, I would make really good money just, just doing that, just in tips. Nice. So, okay. So your first, like your first gig, do you remember your first gig? Like your first private gig? Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to know, like, when people were coming up to you and asking you, hey, do you do like private gigs? And you're like, yeah, I do do private gigs. When did that like come up in your mind? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do do private gigs. Or did somebody just say, hey, do you do private gigs? And you're like, uh, sure. yeah, yeah, sure. And then that's kind of how it started. That's how it started. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was like, yeah, cool. I do private gigs all the time. And <laughs> yeah. I charged $40 for an hour, which I mean, like $40 an hour is technically, it's, you know, it's not bad. But you know, compared to what somebody else who like really took their business seriously, whether they were just starting or not, could have made off of something like that. Sure, I could have probably asked for more money because yeah, I get there and it's like this huge. It was a uh, sweet sixteen, but it was like a big, huge decked out sweet sixteen, and I was like, they probably spent like four grand on the cake alone. Yeah. And they're getting away with forty dollars right, right. for the hour. Yeah, gotcha. So. Okay. So <clears throat> do you feel like you need to be more businessly inclined? Because did you have any like business training in school or through mentors mm. or Yeah, I took a class called Academy of Finance. So I mean money wise it was I mean that was more of like accounting kind of you know, sure. skills for accounting, yeah. but um, I did know like the only way that this would ever take me to, uh, like the lifestyle that I was, that I've always wanted is if I really like learned how to like be a business, right? A business with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like so many artists, so many artists have the creative capacity to create the product or the service but then how do you market it or how do you sell it or how do you do these different things that help you to earn income and support your lifestyle right and what you want to do right because you were telling me before the podcast that you had jobs and then 
you know, it just didn't didn't work out for you, and you just like, you know, I, I'm not gonna work for anybody else again. Right. I'm gonna work for myself. Yeah. So that's. I have friends who are who are entrepreneurs, and I know a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, and it's no easy task, man. Uh-huh. It's no easy task to get by on what you believe is your dream, what you believe is your passion. Um, so how's how's that been, journey been for you? It's good, actually. On the way to, I was I went to Boston this past weekend for a show, and um, that's right. How was that? It was a, it was cold. It was amazing. <laughs> never I had never been to Boston before, so that was a, just a brand new experience. And just on a side note, like I've never really appreciated like American history, but once you go to Boston, there's so much of it. You know, they really you know you have Harvard, you have the Senate State House, you have Paul Revere's burial site. Um, you just have so many different, even like Paul Revere's old home. You have different like things that you go and explore boston tea party boston massacre and you get to experience uh like a little bit of history and you just find a new appreciation for it so that was that was my favorite part of the trip but kind of realizing where like for example the first you know the first thing i ever did was like 40 dollars for an hour you know at some sweet 16 and then realizing you know how to how to grow yourself how to market yourself how to promote yourself and recognizing that your service is is like it's in demand so you know getting paid the money that i got paid for to do the show and then getting flown out you know getting your airline covered and your hotels covered and your transportation covered and and it's just never in my wildest dreams that i ever imagined like you know <laughs> what i used to work for like in two weeks at a credit union i make it, i could make in like one trip yeah and that's all goes with taking yourself seriously yeah. you know what i mean yeah what i do is like unique and creative and i and you know not a lot of people see it but <clears throat> you know if you, there's there's a you know there's a lot of things like you can have a pink glittery guitar something you don't see all the time you know what i mean but like you still have to find a way to sell that to somebody yeah and you have to have the right components to be able to market that product to somebody or what you do to somebody and so it's a matter of really taking yourself like no this pink glittery guitar Mm -hmm. this is like the best pink glittery guitar ever Mm -hmm. there's nothing out there like it Mm -hmm. and like you you would benefit from having this Mm. and so like just being able how to being able to figure out how to take yourself seriously and know that you are valuable, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's a, something that for a lot of people um, have a hard time pricing their services or their products when they're first starting because they don't maybe feel like they're a serious product or a serious right. service you know because oh i just started this i mean this podcast i just you know i just put up a couple things here up in in my apartment and uh this is kind of what i do but i think that's important what you said about having the like the mindset of taking yourself serious and really i mean i think through that mindset you're able to progress your whatever it is that you're doing so whenever you were taking yourself serious um when did this mindset come about of of taking yourself serious like when did you start to take yourself serious right after high school when i was broke 
when you're broke. When I when I you know lost when I when I got fired from my from the credit union and I was like I'm never gonna work for somebody again, and then you know realizing that I still had the rest of my life to live, and it's just it's just like for me it was like a kick in the ass you know I really I made good money street performing and I I was making even more even more money street performing every weekend but like also getting paid from the credit union sure and then also like when you open credit cards and loans and you get like you get percentage you get like bonuses every two weeks so i was pulling in really good money but because of doing that for so long i was able to like save money gotcha to be able to kind of live off of for a little bit and in 2015 i had a surgery in my throat i had a assist that you it grew in my left cord and it ruptured and so that you know took i wasn't able to do music for a really long time so that's where all my money went you know what i mean for, that i had saved but i knew that once once i recovered like you know this is really like every day i wake up i'm starting at zero and it's up to me to like bring that number to a certain number or stay at zero you're talking dollars dollars right so you, as, as an entrepreneur, every day you wake up, like you start at zero Yeah, <laughs> and nothing's going to come your way. There's nothing, there's never going to be anything like, oh, okay, you show up here for five hours. You show up here for seven, eight, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. This is your number. Like nothing will happen like that ever. Right. And so you have to work to yeah. change that. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's for me, it was, you know, getting fired and realizing that, you know, my money is valuable and my time is valuable and <clears throat> The only way anybody else is going to take that seriously is if is if I take it seriously first. Right. And then prove to them that I'm serious. Right. So once you got fired from the credit union, um, you where you were already doing street performance while you, performances while you were at the credit mm-hmm. union. Yeah. So after after that goes, um, were you also you were also doing private gigs as well too? Um, yeah. Exciting. I would do uh-huh. private gigs every now and then. Okay. Not too often. So, where were your first uh, street performances? You met, mentioned downtown Burbank. Downtown Burbank, I that was where I first started. How do you you just go there and you just start doing your thing, or you have to set it up with the city, or who do you get in contact with that? My buddy, my my old buddy Tanner and I, we were just eating at Chipotle, and then I was just like, I should come street perform down here because I always saw like other street performers down there, and so I just you know I went and ended up taking going getting my little i like a little 12 inch squire guitar amp not even a real speaker i know those <laughs> that was my first guitar amp too i think it's like just small like this a little know? guitar amp and went to best buy and got like a seven dollar microphone cheap ass with an xlr cord and just plugged in and and then that was or a quarter inch cord and plugged in and that was it and so a microphone an xlr cord and an amp yeah <laughs> that's how i started and beatboxing yeah beatbox yeah interesting started doing that just beatboxing and it, like there were so many people because all i used to do in the be- in the in the beginning was electronic beatboxing so like the uh the sound that i would make and i would i would do that over and over again and it would like there were so it would annoy so many people down there dude like i knew i was really annoying and like so so that's where like the musicality kicks in where you're like where you do like 
where you make melodies and stuff so it's not just like a sound the entire time for like 35 minutes yeah and and my first couple of times you know you you learn you know you kind of like learn how to build your set and you figure out what works and what doesn't and then you know i everything i have i owe to street performing gotcha because every connection i've really ever made you know, I worked with Netflix, and that's because a director of a movie saw me street performing and bought my CD. And wow, you know, cool. what'd was, you do for Netflix? There's a movie called Candy Jar. Okay. And Ben Shelton, the director, was in downtown Burbank and watched my show, and then came and bought my CD after. And like two weeks later, was like, "Don't get mad, but we took one of your songs and we just to see what it sounded like. We put it with one of the scenes in our movie that I'm directing." And then he's like, we want to, you know, we've put like 30 other songs to it and nothing works as well as yours. <laughs> and so we want to license it from you. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I don't know what the hell that means, but sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, then he's all like, oh yeah, by the way, it's a Netflix original, you know, it's going to be a Netflix original movie. And I was like, cool. Cool, man. <laughs> nice. So I had one of my songs in the Netflix original movie called Candy Jar, and it was released in June this year, and a whole one minute and 16 seconds of my song. And Nice. Got paid well and got to meet new people and make connections. And Yeah. So what's that uh, meeting like? You sit down over coffee, and he, he has a no. license agreement for you? Um, no, he just – it's a, it was a simple licensing uh, contract and um, just a matter of negotiating the right price and um, and reading it like over the course of you know doing this for like six years now and um, I've read a lot of contracts so I've gotten yeah. actually really familiar and like you know I, I just signed a brand new contract with an app called Bego for like live streaming they wanted to hired me as a host and they sent me the contract and from top to bottom I read the whole thing and I'm like I know exactly what it is and oh, man, that's what nice. it means and I don't have to go ask somebody else but yeah, um, good for you, man. I don't but you know when you first when you first look at it you're like even the wording you first look at it and you're just like what the hell is this math you know this math equation that I'm reading right, right. now but you know it just it's just a matter of sitting sitting down and like really taking the time like yeah to break down each section and understand it completely gotcha so how do you know you were mentioning you got to find out like what works and what doesn't work you're obviously doing the edm um type thing for you know 30 45 minutes piss people off is that <laughs> how you can tell or annoy people when they walk that, away when they walk away is yeah. that that how you can tell what, right. that's not working and then what is working is just when people are staying around and, and yeah. vibing out with you. when they want to be able to see what comes next gotcha okay <clears throat> cool man so what does it mean to be creative to you this is kind of a question I, I thought about and I think I wanted to ask you because you're such a creative person not like you literally are just creating a a, a song a some type of creative piece what like how important is that to you in your life because before then in high school how did you ever found any creativity in your existence like did you play or write or yeah i used to play guitar and sing 
Okay. I used to play guitar so and sing like that. in my bedroom. Okay. So I knew that there was like some, you know, I was able to make music, not like make good music or like not make bad music, but I knew I could make yeah. something. Okay. <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes people feel like, like for me, like it, it, it is like it's music. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a simultaneous. It's a frequency that will simultaneously apply to like more than one sense, one more than one of your senses at a time, and that's you know what I do. And I, I know that I could do that. And I, every day I work to continue like, uh, to making that stronger. You know what I mean? Being able to connect with people with my music, but a lot of people think that it's like you know, you have to play a guitar or you have to know how to paint really well or you know how you have to know how to take ph- photographs really well. But like for for it's it's on s- such a more deeper level than that where you like you offer something that's just somebody doesn't have at that moment. You know what I mean? You can be creative at offering someone light when they like feel dark you know what i mean yeah. and that's offering somebody something that they don't have in that moment and that is Definitely. just as important as grabbing guitar a guitar and you know sitting in front of people like tens of thousands of people and playing your instrument and singing your music you know what i mean it's because you're just offering something to somebody that they don't have in that moment which is the 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 initial result of that is appreciation on their on their part right. you know what i mean they appreciate what you're offering because that moment they don't have it and so like creating to me is finding something to offer somebody that they don't have in that moment i love that you know what i mean yeah and you can create anything you can create a sandwich <laughs> you can create you know somebody to, uh you can create a, a a joke you can create <clears throat> a podcast you can create uh you know a home you can, whatever it is that you can create it doesn't have to be something like shiny or famous or worldly or anything like that it just needs to be something that somebody doesn't have at that moment right that's a that's a good description and that seems like it's very uh, important to you right and also important to other people as well because they're looking for something and yeah. whether it's you know some light in their life or some entertainment or some information whatever it is um, creating from yourself and, and putting that out there other people are going to find it beneficial and um, I think that's very important because also too is that if that person is needing that and the, and the first step, like you said, is appreciation from them. They're more likely to help you and support you as well. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely a two way street. But I like that with the, going into the initial creative process of like you know maybe how can I give something to the people that they're missing out in their lives, whether it's right. through creating a joke and making them laugh, or creating some music and making a very like entertaining live set, or creating a podcast that's that's very um, I don't know, uh, entertaining, informative, uh, visually, uh, like from from an audio perspective, whatever it is, just trying to create something good that is inside of you and 
put that out there for other people to enjoy. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, right? Couldn't agree more. Cool, man. Um, so we only have just a couple more minutes left, and, and, we'll, and we'll close this up. flew by. It flew by, right? Yeah. Yeah. A 30-minute show, is, is it goes by really quick when you're having a cool conversation. But um, thanks so much for doing this, man. Uh, where can people find you on Instagram? Where are you performing? All that good stuff. Yeah, so it, I have Instagram and YouTube. Those are both just at Box of Beats, B-O-X-O-F-B-E-A-T-S. And then I have Facebook, which is facebook.com slash smiles in a box. And then Twitter is at Box of Tweets. Box of Tweets, okay. I played off the Box of Beats there. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, and then I have a website that's going to be relaunched on January 1st. Okay. And that's boxofbeatsofficial.com. Okay, cool. Do you have any other performances coming up where maybe I can go see you or people watching who are interested um, in going to see you? Yeah, I have a show on January 11th. This it's it's a little bit more difficult to get into this one because um it's there the 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 company's called So Far Sounds. I don't know if you're familiar. They essentially like rent like really nice homes or venue spaces uh within a city mm-hmm. then they they host like pop-up uh performances okay so you sign up into their mailing list almost every show is always sold out depending mm-hmm. on like how big the space is mm-hmm. but <clears throat> within like the first 20 minutes all the tickets are sold already but you don't get an address until like the day of and gotcha. you don't get you don't find out who's performing until the night of super like really intimate awesome show like that takes place cool man yeah let me know when that happens if it's possible to go uh catch your set yeah i'll definitely post it on my instagram too that sounds good cool man thanks so much anytime thank you bye everybody